Do you have an idea that you're itching to turn into a business? It starts with a website. Visit shopify.com forward slash powwow pitch to sign up for a 60 day free trial to take action on your idea today. Entrepreneurship and innovation have always been an integral part of Indigenous ways of life. And today, this is inspiring sustainable and transformational solutions. To learn more about how RBC supports Indigenous communities and businesses, visit rbc.com forward slash Indigenous. Small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. Welcome everyone to the Powwow Pitch Podcast, a show empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. I am your host, Sunshine Kwemtanasko, and I'm an entrepreneur from Kitagon Zibi Anishinaabe. I got my entrepreneurial start on Dragon's Den selling baby moccasins, and today I'm the creator of Powwow Pitch and Her Braids, a children's book author, a water protector, a mom, and an advocate of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Each year, Powwow Pitch supports thousands of Indigenous entrepreneurs to tell their stories. I launched this podcast to grow the reach of our entrepreneurial wisdom connected to our rich culture and deep roots as Indigenous people. On this podcast, I interview some of the most successful Indigenous entrepreneurs, makers, and creators to share their stories, learnings, and wisdom to lift us all. The Powwow Pitch Podcast is a production of Powwow Pitch, syndicated through the Startup Canada Podcast Network and co-presented by RBC, Shopify, and MasterCard, with the support of an entire ecosystem of partners committed to the success of Indigenous entrepreneurs. Every few weeks, we drop a new episode, so be sure to subscribe to the Powwow Pitch podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to the Powwow Pitch podcast. Also, be sure to visit us at powwowpitch.org to sign up for our newsletter to get in on the loop about support, resources, funding, and opportunities for Indigenous entrepreneurs. Welcome to the show. Sunshine Tanasco and Dijnikaz. I'm excited to be here today with Jenna White, the founder of Jenna's Nut Free Dessertery, White Cedar Consulting, Sabe Coffee Co., and A Taste of the Atlantic. Holy, a mouthful of business and entrepreneurial endeavors, this Jenna. 
She's a successful indigenous entrepreneur based in Fredericton who started her business at the farmer's market in 2019 only and has expanded into two brick and mortar locations and has products in stores across the Maritimes and Ontario. Her commitment to nourishing people through food while sharing her food and culture has driven her to success. So today we're going to be talking about indigenous cuisine food, tourism, and how it all started, the festival, and expanding businesses while creating value-added products and businesses. Whoo, Jenna, my God, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You're wild. <laughs> like one brick and mortar? No, no, no. Make it two brick and mortar locations. Right. That alone is crazy, let alone a taste of the Atlantic, let alone all the things. Tell us about how you started in the food industry. Um, my start in the food industry is probably very different than most people's. I, about five and a half years ago, I developed a severe nut allergy at a nook. And uh, that really opened my eyes to how difficult it is to find safe food when you have a nut allergy, really any kind of food allergy or uh, adversion. Mm -hmm. Um, if that wasn't bad enough, uh, approximately four months later, I ended up losing a big chunk of my eyesight and it left me legally blind. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a pity party for a while and, and then I realized I had three children watching me mm -hmm. and they deserve to have someone that shows them that even when things don't go your way, there is a way to make life work for you. So I went back to one of my passions, which has always been cooking. Um, food's always been a very big part of my life. Uh, it's my love language. So I started at a, our local farmer's market. It's called the Boyce Farmer's Market here in Fredericton. And I started with two small folding tables and $250. And I started with a menu I had no interest in selling. Um, but it was a way to get started, right? Because sometimes you have to find the way to show viability in what you're trying to do before other people are going to get behind it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you just said food is my love language. I'm like, <laughs> love me, Jenna, love me. <laughs> Come to Quebec. <laughs> wow. And so like, that's a journey from how you show up at a farmer's market which is like basically what a vendor is at a power, a food vendor as well, right? Absolutely. Um, so going from that to taking all these necessary steps and now having multiple successful businesses, that's a journey. Can you take us through that? Sure. Um, I started my business in 2019. So this was, I mean, I don't have to tell you all, you all know this was right before the pandemic. So my business was finally starting to gain traction in February, March of that year, which is typically the slowest time for the food industry. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, our farmer's market was shut down. And since I was only at the farmer's market, it was my home kitchen that was licensed. So I wasn't able to sell anymore. Oh. Uh, the pandemic really forced my hand. Um, I had two choices, right? I could give up and be done. Or I could find a way around the problem. 
Mm-hmm. So I spent uh, about four to five months reworking my business plan, which I can assure you the one for the farmer's market was all of two pages and it ended <laughs> up being, I think, 47 pages long. Um, and I tried to find a way to create a viable business, even with restrictions. So I thought, why not try to create a baking mix that I could sell somewhere because then I would be deemed essential. So I uh, hooked up with Women in Business New Brunswick and they were able to give me a grant that allowed me to get some of my recipes developed into professional products at Canada's Smartest Kitchen. Uh, Once I had that, I was able to use that to, as leverage, to create a relationship with a local incubator here who helped finance uh, me jumping into a brick and mortar. So when it came time to find the space uh, and the fact that I wanted to use my baking products to sell elsewhere and to be able to wholesale to others, um, I needed to put in a commercial kitchen. So since I was already putting in a commercial kitchen, the obvious choice was to put in a breakfast and lunch restaurant, right? (laughs) Um, So I added in the breakfast and lunch restaurant, which went very well. Um, And we had our unique little twists of Indigenous food in there, like all of our eggs bennies on Bannock, and so are our breakfast sandwiches. But for me, I wanted to be able to share more of the culture. So I started with our traditional meal series, and we started offering three-course dining experiences seasonally here at the restaurant in the evening when we're not normally open. Um, There were dry events, and we used that as an opportunity to explain that traditionally alcohol was not part of our culture. So um, it really kind of helps put everybody in the right headspace and they get to enjoy their food in a different way. Um, And then we sell out of them every single time we do them. So it was really the jumping point for the catering side of the business. And since we started that part, I have I've even brought had the opportunity to bring Bannock canapes to the ECMA red carpet event here in Fredericton last year. And I've been able to bring food experiences to multiple provinces. Um, I never thought getting into the food industry that I would have so many opportunities to share my food and Mm. culture with people. Um, I just got back um, a few weeks ago from Winnipeg where I was brought in uh, to cook with some of so 11 incredible Indigenous chefs from across Turtle Island. And we put on the largest culinary, Indigenous culinary event in Canada. Um, so we've had some pretty great successes and opportunities. And that's uh, it's kind of what I do is I use food as a vehicle to share the culture. So one of our baking mixes that we have in stores across Maritimes and in Ontario is our Bannock mix, mm-hmm. um, which we have actually included a QR code on the back of it. It's not a professionally done video because we are still a very young company, um, but it actually gives people um, the historical information on Bannock and walks them through the process of making. So it's, uh, the business is very multifaceted, but everything revolves around food and food in its purest form. We don't use preservatives. We don't use artificial flavors. We don't use chemicals. We feed people like their family. Oh, that's so awesome. Was that uh, festival was says in not away there? Uh, yes, I yes, ah. I, I love Sezen. She was amazing. Um, yeah, she's a she's a wonderful human. 
Awesome. She lives just down the road from me uh, in KZ. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, like, you're, I I mean, you just said something so nonchalant. You're like, the obvious choice was to make a breakfast kitchen. I don't know if that's an obvious choice. I think that um, you've been, everything you touch expands. And however that looks to you you, and you go with it. So... That is super important. And that sort of tells me a bit about you and your entrepreneurial mindset. But what have you learned about that uh, when you're expanding to new locations and creating new products? What's that process like? I'm my my process has been a little different than um, most people, I think. Here on the East Coast, there hasn't been a whole lot of movement with the indigenous culinary scene. So I I got in at the right time. A lot of the opportunities I've had have found me. Um, With that being said, that doesn't mean there isn't specific challenges. Um, For example, when we started with our Bannock mix, it was only ever intended to be sold in-house in small boutique stores. That was my initial plan. And then I was approached by Sobeys to have them take on our products Mm -hmm. and even though it wasn't on my radar and it was something I didn't think I wanted it gave me a vehicle to share culture further Mm -hmm. so um that is a very different process even when they find you um you still have to go through a very stringent process to make sure that you're meeting their standards So it's really important that when you start with a new product that you are very well aware of the rules and regulations for the industry you're in and for those specific products. It's also really good to keep in mind if you want to expand further than our borders here in Canada to have in the back of your mind those standards in the other countries you want to go to because each country although their standards and regulations are similar, they're still very different. So you save yourself a lot of time if you can see the big picture from the beginning and try to make sure you have all those bases covered. So as you start expanding out further, you've already got some of that foundational groundwork laid. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, Wow. So on top of all of this work that you're doing, you also uh, created this Indigenous cuisine festival um can you tell us a bit about the impact that it's had in your community um i think we've had a a really positive impact in the community the entire festival is based on a celebration of indigenous cuisine and culture Mm -hmm. Um, not only that it's entirely indigenous led all of our vendors uh, down to the decorators, we use party bear uh, rentals and she comes in and she does all of my table settings. She gets everything all set and that's an indigenous owned business. So I think it has a very positive impact in not only the pride of sharing culture, but an economical impact because we're able to bring in so many different businesses from the communities and we're not just reaching people here in New Brunswick, this festival is for all of Atlantic Canada. So we're bringing this value to all four Atlantic provinces uh, and bringing everybody together here. Wow. That's so amazing. Um, 
because it's more than just, you know, food. It's so much bigger. And so that's also creating opportunities, right, for other other uh, industries. So what opportunities do you see in Indigenous food tourism and how do you plan to tap into this? Oh, that's a dangerous question. Um, (laughs) There is so much opportunity in Indigenous cuisine and Indigenous tourism right now. The driving force is not only the people who live here in our country who want to learn about our culture and experience different facets of it, it's people globally. So we're just starting this journey, right? The Indigenous culinary scene is just taking off over the past, I'd say, three, four years. And I don't even think four years ago we see the progress that we've seen now. Um, I think that people want those authentic experiences and they want to learn. And food gets people to a table. Food shows connectivity globally because we've all adapted so many different things from other cultures. Food really helps other people see how much of the Indigenous culture they've already adapted into their daily lives. So it's it's a really great way to help with truth and reconciliation because Mm -hmm. it really gets people to the table and it gets them to start talking. Um, And there's so much to go around. If anyone listening wants to get into the culinary scene, do it. There's so much space for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Me personally, um, next summer, we are going to be introducing Smoke and Fire, which is our new uh, tourism experience, which is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> An outdoor experience where everything is cooked with smoke and fire. And it's uh, it's going to be something very unique. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to <laughs> come and eat. I'm not, I don't want to cook, but I'm a great fire starter. Right. Well, we're actually <laughs> piloting uh, smoke and fire this summer at our festival on the second weekend. Oh, wait. Is that when I'm going to be there? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> I volunteer. I love sitting by a fire. This is working out perfectly. <laughs> so uh, on that note, you were, you know, you're doing some uh, work with us, I guess. Work. I use that term pretty loosely, um, you know, because it's kind of for funsies. But um, how do you work with other Indigenous businesses? And how do you think collaboration can benefit uh, the entire Indigenous entrepreneurial community? Oh, Collaboration is the most important thing we can do to lift each other up. There is so much talent within our communities. And by giving people a new platform, you're really allowing them to grow and to inspire other people. So it Mm -hmm. creates this chain reaction, right? So you see more people coming out and all new businesses starting to come out of the woodwork and it's a really beautiful thing. Um, I have been able to team up with um, not only countless Indigenous businesses, but also organizations um, like Jedi and Nijintu, Scottish Baby Jig, Planet Hatch, Ignite Fredericton, the Chambers, all of those things and having those connections and being able to work with both Indigenous and non-Indigenous businesses really creates more opportunity for everyone. Mm, exactly, exactly. Um, what advice would you give aspiring Indigenous entrepreneurs in the food industry? Be authentically you. P- 
people want to eat your food. They are coming to you because they want to share in your culture. Don't be afraid of putting that out there into the world. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is solid advice. And sometimes it's hard to do, um, you know, because you're trying to fit in a mold that you see other people doing and succeeding in all these areas. But really, it's about uh, sticking to your to your roots and and being you. I love that advice. Thank you so much, Jenna, for sharing all of this. My mind is blown with the amount of projects that you have started and are doing and are growing all within the past three years. Um, thank you for joining us today. And we're going to see you at uh, the Smoke and Fire. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't know what are, what are we calling it? Smoke and Fire. It's the Smoke and Fire experience of, of the, the Taste of the Atlantic this year. Yeah. I love it. We'll see you soon. Awesome. See you soon. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us today on the Pow Wow Pitch podcast dedicated to empowering Indigenous entrepreneurs. The Pow Wow Pitch podcast is recorded at the Adawe Indigenous Business Hub Studio powered by NACA. Thank you to our co-presenting partners, RBC, Shopify, and MasterCard. And to our producers, Victoria Lennox and Cyprian Shalankiewicz. And to everyone who makes Powwow Pitch possible. Be sure to visit powwowpitch.org to explore how we can support you to start your business and sign up to our newsletter to learn more about the Powwow Pitch competition, the Indigenous Entrepreneur Awards, the Indigenous Startup Program, the Powwow Pitch Box, and powwowmarket.com. Until next time, I am your host, Sunshine Tenasco. Be quiet.